Hello, and welcome to Monster Island Radio, a show where we discuss one of our favourite movie franchises, Godzilla. Each episode, we pick a movie from the series and talk about the highlights, lowlights, and everything in between, and why Godzilla is one of our favourite monsters. Welcome to episode one, so to speak, of Monster Island Radio Podcast. Uh, we've done an, an episode zero, a sort of pilot for the, for the uh, series, and this is going to be our first official episode. Very so, exciting. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, so we're going to do things a little bit differently. Uh, we're going to work our way through the movies, but we're going to do it by era, starting with the Millennium Era, and then work backwards. Right. Um, so Millennium Era, for me, is probably one I've seen least of. I know we've both seen... All Out Attack, yeah, which I think is the only movie from this series we've both seen. Right. Well, the whole thing with this whole project is that I've, we've both seen some of these Godzilla movies, but it's been so long that they deserve a revisit overall, so I can't even remember which ones I've seen sometimes. Yeah, yeah. So it's worth kind of just like putting them all out in a big row, we'll watch all the Millennium ones, yep. and get all that down, committed to memory. Yes. <laughs> uh, so for anyone who doesn't know... Um, Godzilla films are typically categorised based on the era of emperor rule in Japan uh, with the exception of the Millennium Era because there isn't an emperor called Millennium that I know (laughs) of (laughs) Um, and it's also important to note actually that uh, with the Millennium Era none of the films have any continuity with each other and only with that of the 1954 original so each film is a, a direct sequel to 1954 essentially so if you watch millennium era in order they're not sequels to one another no they all take after that first movie exactly yeah so uh yeah to kick off the big millennium we've got godzilla 2000 which was actually made in 1999 oh my gosh yeah it was released in december 99 in japan um as a response to the infamous 1998 roland emmerich godzilla Mm. which is generally universally hated i mean i liked it as a kid this is the thing yeah if you watched so, it when you were a kid like we were both 10 when that came out yeah target audience basically and Pretty i don't much. know if i would like godzilla as much as i do now if it wasn't for that movie it's weird isn't it but yeah we'll probably talk about that film another time yeah well that'll be a bonus episode <laughs> <laughs> um so for anyone who's not seen it or has forgotten uh godzilla 2000 let's, let's just do a little plot rundown here uh, so we have two opposing factions that focus on Godzilla, a small organization known as GPN, the Godzilla Prediction Network, who uh, operate independently to track Godzilla like a storm to determine where and when he's going to service next. Um, then you've got CCI, which is the Crisis Control Intelligence Agency, who are at the same time studying this rock under the sea that turns out to be a 60 million year old UFO mm-hmm. that gets reactivated by sunlight. They're sort of like the the government, i.e. the bad guys. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> yeah. So, um, GPN needs CCI's help to scan Godzilla's DNA, um, and they find a property in it called Regenerated G1, which re- regenerates his cells at an accelerated rate, which the UFO is also interested in, coincidentally. <laughs> it's a big coincidence. Oh, yes. Uh, so he can <laughs> achieve a new life form on Earth. Um, attempts to stop the UFO fail, Godzilla has to come and stop it himself, and then the UFO creates a new organism, 
based on Godzilla's DNA. A new kaiju, kaiju called Orga, a deformed alien clone of Godzilla. <gasps> Shocking. Now, I think this being a direct response to the 98 US Godzilla, it's quite telling in the plot because you've got this alien coming in. Pretending to be Godzilla. Basically. Exactly. That is exactly it. And then Godzilla has to defend itself against the copycat, really. And for me, I think... It's that deep, deep stuff. Yeah. I think it came out as quite a strong movie, even though it's kind of maybe a knee-jerk reaction to the US one. I'm glad they did it because I, I think it was a, yeah, it was a strong effort. Well, it feels... Do you think I'm reading too much into the whole... I don't. You know, no, no. You, you agree? I absolutely agree. I think the movie's very 90s. Obviously, you know, nostalgically looking back, it's very of its era. But in that sense, I think the Japanese, you know, Toho were like, you know, if you want to do modern Godzilla, this is actually how it's done. Mm. And that's literally the movie in every sense. Yeah. So they're just taking everything that didn't work with the American version and saying, no thanks to that, actually this... And yeah, the overall result is a lot more satisfying because it's it's more genuinely done. Mm. I mean, it's 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 a lot of there's a lot of even though it's a Japanese movie and a response to an American movie, I still feel there were American influences though. Because mm. this opening scene when you first start the movie and you've got this group who are what are they called again? GPN. GPN. They're very much like a kind of storm chasing kind of yeah, faction, that's, that's it. like you were saying. And it's almost like watching Twister in a way. Yeah, I'm not sure if that was a big hit in Japan, but like maybe, maybe it was. Certainly a big hit everywhere else. But yeah. Twister was big in the 90s, and then they have this scene where Godzilla's basically like having a showdown with them in their car, and that's a very Jurassic Park. I thought that as well yeah. when they when she takes pictures of his face accidentally. Accidentally, uh... accidentally on purpose. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that whole scene feels really, really deliberately kind of Jurassic Parky. Mm. I like that though. Yeah. Um you know, not necessarily the most original thing ever, but I, I still think if you're gonna base if you're gonna take off a scene like the T Rex escape scene is not a bad one to go for. So it's <laughs> true. Um I actually really liked all the characters in this. Which is uh, yeah, I, this is the thing, I I can see your face. <laughs> so Graham's not I don't know, you're not that into the uh, human element well, if it's not done well. They were better than usual, I'll say that that's, much. Yeah, but they're so still it, the same tropey kind of like guys. I mean, it's supposed to be campy, and it is. It is a bit, yeah. So. Uh, but I liked it. Yeah. I really did. So you got the um, head of the GPN, Shinoda. Mm-hmm. Uh, his daughter, Io. Right. Who is like basically his parent. This <laughs> is a strange dynamic between them. Like, yeah, he uh, calls her his business partner. Right. Gives you an idea of what they're like. So quirky. Yeah. Um, that reporter, Yuki, who was trying to get pictures of Godzilla. Mm. And then the the other character, the head of the CCI, Katagiri. I think my problem is really only with Yuki. Oh, really? Because she's kind of, like, played off as being a bit of an idiot. Uh, yeah, a little bit, a little bit silly. And that arc never really concludes. Like, there's is... a bit where she kind of has a slightly heroic moment. Which bit? Um... It's the part where they have to go back to the building that's about to be destroyed. Oh, of course. Which is a whole yeah. sequence we'll get into in a moment. But yeah, she does that. So it's got sort of like, okay, she, you know, she kind of proves herself that way, I suppose, and shows like, I'm not a fool. I can do things. Mm. But I just think, like, if you're going to kind of, I don't know, have a female character and be like, she's a moron. Uh, <laughs> Maybe... I don't think she came off as a moron. No, she doesn't, but everybody treats her like one. Mm, yeah, I when they're carrying like, away, yeah. she's like, it's the scoop of the century. And, yeah. yeah. I just don't think the idea was fully realised, and I find it just a bit irritating. That... Hey, it's just not a big deal. Well, I liked them enough that I wanted to see more of them, and right. I think they could have 
gone into another movie, like a Godzilla 2001 or something. Yeah. Because more development for them, I think, would have been good. Because, yeah, you say it wasn't fully realised for that character. I think... Well, this is one of the persistent problems in all of Godzilla. Oh, uh, yeah. Is that you get to know a set of human characters and rarely, if ever, do they return. Do you? Mm, and then they ever do. And then it's like, oh, well, we know Godzilla inside and out. Uh, you know, we know his behaviours, his personalities, his likes and dislikes, blah, blah, blah. But you're always spending time, every movie, getting to know a whole new bunch of humans. Mm. And that's what drags it down. So they need to be really, really strong. So on the one hand, I don't care about them, but I also judge them more harshly than I would other <laughs> characters. Yeah. But, you know... They're fine. Yeah. I considering there wasn't even a fight until the end. Yeah, I guess so. Like to be I was like following yeah, kind of yeah, absolutely the whole way through. Um and I think that's you know, speaks volumes to the strength of the characters in this. Mm. Com- I mean compared to other Godzilla movies. The first big action sequence where Godzilla first like, you know, makes landfall and starts. When attacking. he comes out of the water. Yeah. yeah. Uh it's 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 amazing. It's really, really well done and it shows the the strength of those effects and how they can still work in that era. Um, As in guy in a rubber suit. Exactly. Composited. Yeah, the composition and the force perspective and all that stuff, Mm. it works really, really well. And I like that they weren't... I mean, obviously, this is however many movies into the Godzilla franchise. They know people are fully aware of of the the character, Mm. so they're not afraid to go all in with an action sequence straight off. But it's so satisfying to come into that after having seen not only the 98 movie... But also when we just watched um, King of the Monsters last yeah. time, I wasn't fully satisfied by that. So it's nice mm. to get some big action up front that's like you know unrestricted, and it felt really like really good, really well done, mm. great effects. Yeah. Um, actually, speaking of the visual effects, one thing that I did notice, I, I think so often anything that happens action-wise tends to be at night. Mm. I think things look like more of a spectacle at night yeah. and like dark atmosphere with flashes and things like that. But that first appearance is just in daylight. Well, the f- to have the whole thing in daylight, I think it was really nice to see, especially when you see those um, full metal um, missiles. Yeah, like tearing into his skin. The missile there attack was... is day, but the yeah. the first bit where they're in the tunnel and all that. Oh, is that's the bit you. Oh, okay, yeah. sorry, I'm with you. That was the scene I meant. But yeah, I mean, oh yes, go yes. on and tell us about the missile attack. Yeah, so like it was so visceral. You could see these kind of like chunks of skin flying off him. Like, <laughs> they looked really great. He did, and I was actually really surprised that these missiles damaged Godzilla. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen that. Well, it's not that we don't see it so much, but I was just like, you the... see things exploding on him, but, but then yeah, you don't see so. the damage that's happening. It's the, it was the first attack, and normally in the Godzilla movie, like, oh, the first attack goes bad, and like mm. Godzilla's rampage continues. But this wasn't. That isn't the story of this movie at all, anyway. No, but just like setting that tone, like actually. Godzilla gets pretty messed up in this like first kind of you know arsenal attack, and it's really kind of interesting. I suppose it was to set up the plot because they're blowing up bits of skin off him, mm. and that's when Shinoda wants to analyze his skin. Yeah, yeah. And that's when they find out that regenerated G one in his in his body, and that's kind of the whole setup. So it's yeah, definitely a story idea, not just for the spectacle of it. Yeah, it was is... a good change. It worked on a lot of different levels, and mm. just a little thing to change the the. You know the normal Godzilla structure makes a big difference. Mm. Um, going back to the um, the human element of this, right? Something I wasn't quite sure about: Yuki and Shinoda. Mm-hmm. Did they have a little, a little bit of romance going on or not? I couldn't tell if it was just like a nice friendship or if it's a romance thing. Like I didn't mind because I thought it was quite cute the way you know when she said bye to him, like waving through the window and stuff like that. I was like, ah, oh, this is this is nice. Well, I think this is another thing that doesn't really come to fruition, but it might be lost in translation. 
obviously Yuki and the daughter mm. have like sort of this abrasive relationship, which I think is there to strongly imply that Yuki and what's the guy's name? Shinoda. 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 They are together effectively. They're dating, um, mm. and that's why the kid doesn't like her. But we never get like a public display of affection because in Japan, like that's not so much a thing. That's true. So I think it's just supposed to be like implied, like yeah, they're a couple, but we're not going to like rub your face in it mm. because that's that's not the way Japanese people do things. Mm. Um, I actually did take the liberty of watching the Japanese one, so I wanted to see what the differences were, um, and between the kind of dynamic between Shinoda and Yuki was pretty much the same. Right. Um, there's a couple, like, I think the biggest change was for Io, the daughter. Okay. She's much sassier in the US one. Oh, right, yeah. Uh, which I, I think worked better, and I think that character needs to be, have that level of sass to have a dad like that. So. Yeah, it's almost like a bit of a, dare I say, a Simpsons influence. It might not be deliberately, but if you think about the way... In what way? Well, the way the Simpsons kids are towards their parents mm. in that show... Mm is a, yeah, and now a very 90s thing. I think that permeates that kind of sense of attitude for like youngsters and especially very young kids to act as adults. It's a very 90s thing. Yeah. Think about all the Macaulay Culkin movies. They're basically all riding on that stick. Yeah. So I think it's just of the era. Yeah. I've seen online that past and present, a lot of um, Western fans have criticised the Western dub, but it's a completely official, authorised by Toho dub. Yeah. And Toho have responded on several occasions about this specific one and said that it's campy because the movie is campy. Yeah. I think there's kind of a disconnect sometimes that Americans, well, not Americans, sorry, that Westerners expect a certain thing from Godzilla and don't always get it, and we're certainly guilty of that sometimes. Mm. But as far as this movie and this dub goes, um, you know, Toho, the Japanese studio who made it, was satisfied that the the, the English language version yeah. is authentic. Yeah. And it's all done by English-speaking um Asian and Japanese actors, so all the voices kind of feel very appropriate and the performances are very kind of on point. So yeah, I don't have any qualms watching the dub over the subtitled one. I think anybody should feel that one is superior over the other. Just watch the one that you like. Yeah, I mean, I preferred the dub. Right. Much more entertaining. And um, like, I think the whole edit was a bit tighter. Like, it, was a, it was a bit shorter. It's got about eight minutes out, I think. Yeah, it's about that. Now, not that much has changed. The dialogue, obviously, which we'll get into. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but the soundtrack as well. Okay, like the music and stuff. Yeah, so with the dub, I think I preferred the music for that one as well because you got um, so you got some new compositions from uh, J. Peter Robinson, and it's mixed in with some of Akira Ifukube's um, scores from uh, Ghidorah, Three Headed Monster, okay, and uh, Godzilla vs. Mothra. Right. So there's some of those in there as well. Mm. So they kind of brought all kinds of things in to give it a new sound. Which was much more exciting because in the Japanese one, I felt the back, like the music was just background, like it, it was serviceable. Yeah. But I think it gave it a little bit more, um, kind of zhuzhed it up a bit more, which was nice. Um, there was that bit where Yuki was looking for the GPN guys. Okay. And there was that kind of slapstick moment with those um, laborers outside trying to give her directions, and every time he kept turning, oh, he kept hit hitting, on the head, like, hitting him on the head. Uh, they didn't have music in the Japanese version for that bit, but they had this kind of campy, bouncy, kind of slapstick music there. And I was like, I would, I'd convince myself, I was like, oh, that must be the music in the Japanese one. They didn't didn't have it at all, and it, it was much better. It was much more dry. I think that appeals to my maybe British sense of humor. Without music, yeah, it's yeah, much funnier. So, but I mean, that, that's that's the only point where I can give the music praise and the original. To be honest, also that wasn't funny at all though. <laughs> oh, I I got a chuckle out of it. 
this is the kind of thing that I would just remove. I know you would. But that's yeah, just like, <laughs> obviously, like I was just saying, it's about expectations. So, but yeah, the, the, with the characters. Yeah. They're sort of this kind of, what I would refer to as like a male, well, maybe this is the wrong way to put it, but there's, for lack of a better term, there's a love triangle going on between these three guys. Yeah, I mean, because they all knew each other before. <laughs> it's not a romantic love triangle, but they've got history. Yeah. And they've all split up. And one guy's... Well, they haven't all split up. Well, one, one's kind of caught in the middle, isn't he? Like, yeah, but he kind of he has allegiance to uh, Katagiri. Katagiri, yeah. yeah. So Katagiri's kind of like the baddie. He's all like strong and, you know, he's like in charge. Yes. Um, whereas the other two are much more kind of, I don't know, wet, for lack of a better one. Um... I think they have emotion. I guess so. That's yeah. the thing. Categories well, those is, wet guys. Yes, they're wet, <laughs> sopping. Um, yeah, they actually have something about them. Whereas category is just, I'm here mm. to be a bad guy, right. and he does it well. I think he's just wholly unlikable. Their performance is, is good. Yeah, and like you know, the dub was good for it. But I just again, this is something where I would care more about this if it was developed over a couple of movies. Yeah, I'm just saying, that's... oh, these guys have got history, and I'm just like, okay, yeah, they've got history. I guess. Yeah. Um, so I didn't so much care about it, but uh, it was interesting how they tried to like leverage tension out of that guy. Shinoda. Shinoda. When Shinoda's kind of stuck in that building. Yes. And they're like, oh my God, the building's going to get blown up. Yeah. We, we have to get inside there and save him. Honestly, the whole middle of this movie was so boring. Oh, no. I just felt the whole middle just dragged. No, really? Yeah, like from the point where the um, UFO lands on top of that building yeah. and stays there until it's the collecting data it's collecting like energy and data and stuff and like oh my god like I've written in my notes bring some snacks for the middle of this film <laughs> because you're going to need them um, yeah I just didn't care about any of that and it's not that I'm like I wasn't waiting for a fight I didn't even realise that there hadn't been a fight until you mentioned it a while ago that there's only mm. one fight scene in this whole movie the movie works really well because you know it doesn't feel like you're you're left wanting for action at any point, except for this middle part where the story and the action sort of just stay still for a long period of time. We know the ship's collecting data. We know the humans are trying to stop it. And other than the the building being blown up, mm. which eventually does happen, you're just sort of waiting. Yeah. It's just kind of like this is happening, and it continues to happen for several several minutes in the scenes. It mm. seems to go on for ages. They tried to tighten that up in the US edit, so I can imagine you watching the Japanese one. Because <sighs> uh, there's that, you know, the bit where the he's jumping down the elevator shaft and the explosion's sort of chasing him. Okay. The way they cut that is it longer? Like, he's only, no, <laughs> they kind of show him like jumping down about five five floors, right? And this explosion's going down about twenty. They tried to make it look like it's chasing him in the US one, but. In the Japanese one, the explosion happens, and then he jumps down the oh, great. shaft. Yeah, so you would have just been snoring. Yeah, I just found the whole... Like like I was just saying, the first bit of the movie with these two Godzilla scenes is great. The human characters are set up really, really well, even though I think the arcs kind of are cut short. You know, we mm. like them, mm. more or less. But that middle... Uh, I mean, I would agree that it's the slower part of the movie, Yeah, but not so much that I thought it's feeling like a drag. Because I was just curious about what was going to happen. Mm. I liked. I was curious as well. I was, but I, the thing is that you know something is going to happen eventually. Yeah. And once you just like, I suppose okay. it's the nature of a Godzilla movie. Yeah, but any movie really isn't it? Yeah. Like the, the UFO is collecting data. 
okay, we're just going to wait for it to, to finish downloading then, I guess. And it was like, this is another, like, of the era. Am I on dial-up internet waiting for, like, Orga to get his, you know, his MP3s off Napster or something? So it just seemed to go on and on and on. I wonder if it was, like, a commentary on Digital Age then. I can't like, see lo- that looking, it would have been. Looking back, like, it seems laughable. But at the time, like, because there's a scene that's cut in the US one hmm. where just before Shinoda escapes the building, he looks around and sees on the monitors the word Millennium popping up on all the screens. Wow. Yeah, it's cut from the US one. So, and I imagine because by the time it came out in the US, it was already year 2000 at that point. So People are over Y2K. That's the thing. Like I was like, that must have been a Y2K panic thing. So like for anyone Maybe, who doesn't... Maybe, yeah. Yeah, so for anyone who doesn't remember, the Y2K panic... Or anybody who wasn't born. Or who any, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was um, this... Uh, millennium bug. Millennium bug, yeah, that's what it was termed. The millennium bug was going to be this issue with uh, computer system storage, essentially. So the way computer systems read uh, calendar dates, they always read the last two digits of the year. Right. So 1998 would be 98, 1999 would be 99, etc. So when it gets to the year 2000, it reads the last two, yeah, it goes back to zero, resets to 1900, and they were like, this is going to cause big problems. Mm. So I remember... Like, I remember it being sort of... I don't know if it was like hysteria or if it's actually a problem. I haven't really looked at, looked into it. I have but, no idea how this happened. Because I remember we had, like, a, when I was a kid, we had this computer engineer come out to our house and, like, patch our computer to stop it happening. And at the time, it seemed like a sensible thing to do. Like, if this mm. is going to be a problem, let's do something about it. I hope you so, were putting tape of your webcam from that day. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Ben, why don't you just tell me what you think of Olga, as we're on the topic of the UFO anyway. Now, because I hadn't seen this movie right. until we watched it for this, I mean, I already knew who he was because based on, on the GameCube the game, game. We, we used to play, <laughs> yeah. uh, where you could play as Olga. And I, I didn't know what he was. No. Because so... I used to think that Olga was like this super, he is a super secret character in, yeah, the, in the is, game. Yeah. I was always under the impression when I was young when I was younger, I always thought Orga was exclusive to the game was my presumption. Oh right. Because it's a thing in fine games to have like a secret mm, character, mm. the Akuma, as it were. Yeah. I thought the design was kind of I thought the design was quite cool. Mm-hmm. Sort of gross. But that's the idea. I mean it's just kind of copying Godzilla to become a an organism that can survive in this atmosphere. I wonder if when they were designing Orga did they think what would Godzilla like if he was created from scratch today and go with that mm. perhaps but I don't know it's just an idea I well no I don't know I don't know maybe maybe just a thought yeah maybe the shoulder cannon is a bit cartoony but I liked it because it matched the UFO the only thing I don't like about Augur, um in the movie is that his hands his like claw hands are just a yes. bit too big and they kind of give away the kind of costume aspect of the kaijus I think if they, they I think it's down... just meant to look more alien that's I, whatever the reason is, it's fine. I just thought, like, if those hands were a bit smaller, it would look a little bit less clumsy. Mm. And that's really what you're trying to hide. If you're going to make one of these kaiju fight scenes, the clumsiness has got to, you've got to conceal that. Yeah, you so, don't want bits wobbling when it touches yeah. the building. So giving him these massive hands, mm. it's kind of like, I, I would just shrink those down. But other than that, I really like Auger. The uh, name of was quite relevant to the plot. Yeah, because in the Japanese, Japanese version, one, thing, isn't it? it's called Organizer G1. That's the name of the property in Godzilla's DNA. Right. It helps him regenerate. So they discover so, this from the skin that got blown off at the yeah, start. Yeah, exactly. And the, um, the UFO wants it for itself, so the life form can exist on Earth. So it's dubbed Organizer G1. I mean, they didn't. That this is why Orga 
got his name mm. because he was using the organizer G1. So that's the whole kind of point. But I mean, his name isn't even mentioned in the movie. It's only in the credits. Orga so. is a really good name for a kaiju. Organi- yeah, cool. Organizer G1 it is just a bad sa- name for anything. Yeah, it just sounds like you're really good at <laughs> filing things away. Um, but yeah, one of the best bits of the movie is when, you know, consumed of heavenly purpose, Godzilla climbs into the face vagina and allows himself to be consumed by Orga. <laughs> that was the best. That was the best bit. Easily. It was, but it's so you see it coming a mile away. Like, well, you see, like, what when he opens his mouth, you're like, Godzilla's going to climb in there. Yeah, I didn't. Oh, well, I thought he was going to. I thought he was going to go near and just blast it. I didn't think he was going to climb in and then blast. The whole fight scene is like, Orga and Godzilla are battling. It's not going well for Orga, so we can presume that Orga's like, I need a bit more DNA from this guy. So he opens up this big kind of face like orifice, which has a very kind of unpleasant suggestive appearance, and. Um, yeah, then there's a, just a shot in the American version of Godzilla just sort of looking at it, at it for a second and then just walking up to it. Yeah. And it's like, well, he's going in. Like, <laughs> he's going in there. And then just blows him up from the inside out. And it's just, like, amazing. But it's sad that it's just a little bit too signposted for my liking. But there's a humour to it. So, like, because it, it, the payoff is good either way. It was just really So the point when you knew it was going to happen was when you saw his mouth open? The mouth opens and I'm like, oh, what's going on here? Yeah. And then when it cuts to Godzilla, there's a beat. And then Godzilla, yeah. Godzilla in the same shot starts to sort of walk forward. I'm yeah. just like, well, he's and, walking. And then you're like, oh, here we go. He's going in there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> well, I really liked it, even though it was really silly. Yeah, it was good. It was good. Um, a lot of the silliness was like sort of toned down for this. Like, oh, well, I say that. How do you mean? Because like, some of the other movies, especially the older ones, hmm. I think were aimed at kids. Well, they go through like... Maybe this, is, it's like, this um, is probably aimed at the kids who are now adults. It's like a hills and valleys kind of thing with with um, Godzilla, isn't it? Like sometimes it's for adults, and then it goes mm. through another phase where now it's for families. Yeah. This one was just bang on. The kind of anybody can watch this. You can watch it as an adult. If you're lonely in the middle of the night, like I was, and it's two o'clock in the morning, and you want to put two thousand on, you can. Yeah. But if you're you want to watch Godzilla movie with your kids, you can also happily watch this. So I think this is this has got a really good tone in that respect. Yeah. But yeah, I mean. I'd say it's just silly enough. Yeah. It's not as silly as some of the other ones. No. This isn't Jet Jaguar programming himself to become large somehow. Yes. Which we'll get to uh. one day. But, um, yeah, I mean, the, the whole slapstick thing, like you were saying at the start, with these two guys hitting themselves in the head with, with a pole. Nah, it, yeah. it's, it's there that's, for some people. I think that's as silly as it gets. Um, I like Godzilla's design in this. Yeah. Uh, apparently they want to make him more reptilian looking. I think he looked more like a cat. He reminded me of my cat. <laughs> and I thought that was so cute. And the way his tail would like flick about. I was like, oh yeah, you're sweet. Mm. But they actually coloured him green for this one. It's the first time Godzilla's actually been green. Do you think of him as green? Only because of things like Reptar and Rugrats and stuff like that. Oh yeah, Reptar. You know, and like all the, um, like in the 98 Godzilla, all the logos and stuff were all green. Green, yeah. So it's a lot of green. Um, I guess so. So yeah, they actually made him green for this one. They gave him like his little ears from the original movie and stuff like that. Hmm. And like these giant dorsal plates which I think are really cool I think they just wanted to get a more recognisable silhouette after the 98 one so when you first see him um, come into the city and it's got that like orangey backdrop from the light pollution and stuff behind him you can tell immediately from that silhouette that it's Godzilla and it's like kind of a return to form which is um, is nice yeah I liked it I didn't notice it so much but I I knew they had redesigned it and it's definitely it's a good one it feels like a more iconic kind of look it's Mm -hmm. got it's the good version of when they update something for like a modern era, shall we say. Mm. Sometimes things do get changed and they kind of lose their 
what does, they lose their core of what makes it good in the first place sometimes mm, but yeah. yeah in terms of godzilla whenever he goes through like a new kind of origin it always suits like the movie and it's always kind of on on topic on on message yeah so, um, so yeah it, it matched the tone of the movie he didn't look too scary but he didn't look too cartoony yeah just right yeah you know what the design for augur right when we play the game right. um, as teenagers this game's called um godzilla Destroy All Monsters Melee, if anybody's wondering. Yes. I couldn't think of it earlier, but yeah. It's yeah. on GameCube and PS2, if anybody wants to pick it up online, because it's definitely worth a try. Great game. Uh, when Cloverfield came out, right. I always thought the Kaiju oh, map yes. was... I was like, oh, it looks like Orga. It does like, look like Orga. And I find it funny that it's the US kind of copying again. <laughs> I don't know if it's intentional. Though. I don't know if it's intentional, but they're, they're very similar. I haven't really seen what the Cloverfield look, monster looks like in full, because I've not really looked into it that much. But in the movie, you only see kind of glimpses of it, and it looked close enough to being Augur to me. Uh, I think Augur himself, or herself, whatever, you know, it... Itself. Um, looks good, we've said. We like mm. Augur. But it is indicative of a kind of stagnant period of monster design from that year onwards. I'm not saying Augur's influenced all movies since, but... <laughs> When you see monsters, especially in these J.J. Abrams movies when they have monsters in like mm. Cloverfield and the Star Trek movie and Super 8, they always have this same kind of like... Generic. Yeah, biomass of like gnarled like muscles and like claws and they never really look like anything. It's never that, yeah, visually iconic, I suppose. No. Like you, when you got the xenomorphs, like you know straight away what a xenomorph is from Alien. Mm. Um, so, things yeah. like that, instantly recognisable, but yeah, like you say just this massive monster we don't like, get... could be in any movie interchangeably yeah we don't really get good western monster designs these i think days. it's maybe just to look more realistic it doesn't though uh... once you've seen it and then you see another movie it's like oh there's that monster design no. again even in star wars force awakens there's some monsters in that at one point and they just look like standard jj abrams monsters mm. it's just like even in star wars they haven't got a decent monster design. It's just like, oh, whatever. Yeah. Um, but I'm not going to put it on Augur. I don't think Augur had really any impact in the West other than in that video game that we keep mentioning. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's just a coincidence, I think. Yeah. Maybe we'll be talking about Cloverfield on here one day. Maybe. It's a kaiju movie. Thereabouts. We'll have to run out because of the stuff first. Though. Yes. <laughs> so Graham wanted us to pick, like, because we watched this movie separately. And uh, you wanted wanted me to know what my favourite lines from this American dub were. I want you to give me your three favourites. My three favourites. And I've, I've uh, written down gonna, some as well. We they'll probably have, be the same. Well, we, that's the thing. We might have some doubles, so I've written yeah. down more than three. Okay, I just, I just picked three. You can give me your first favourite line from the dub. So, when they're describing that missile going through anything... <laughs> They say it'll go like crap through a goose. It'll go through Godzilla like crap through a goose. Yes. Which apparently is a line that's been spoken in, in another Godzilla movie. You're joking. I think so. Unless I'm, no. Unless I'm misunderstanding my trivia. Which one? I don't know. I don't want to rest on this too much. <laughs> but I think this is a, shall we say, classic Godzilla line, if I'm not mistaken. I might be. But yeah, okay. I think they were deliberately referencing something there. Because there's another reference... Um, you know, there's a scene where they're doing like a scientific discussion about Godzilla and the, the UFO. Yeah, and in that tent. Who's that middle scientist? What's he called? I, you know what? I don't remember his name. Well, the kind the of weakling guy. middle scientist who yeah. can't decide who his best friend is. The Rodan of the group. He tucks his tie into his jacket. Do you remember that? His tie's on the yeah, outside of his yes, jacket. Yes, I do remember. And, he and then he it puts inside. it back in. Yeah. This is a, a direct reference to the first movie, the 1956 one. 
where a scientist is giving a talk about Godzilla and he tucks his tie from the outside. I didn't spot that. I mean, I remember him doing it and yeah. I remember thinking they're making a point of this. Yeah, it's, just, didn't realize that it's was just to reference this little bit of body language. I don't know. They're yeah. just like... So I think there's a lot of little references in this movie mm. to other Godzillas because it's like 2000 and Godzilla's back in a big yeah. way like in Japan yeah. at this point. So I think the crap through a goose line is one that's may have featured previously. Interesting. Here's a line for you that oh, okay, go on. you might not have picked... Yeah. There's a bit where the this is before the UFO lands on, on top of the big internet building and takes all the data. Yes. It flies over part of Tokyo. Yes. And a guy just looks out of his window and he says, What alien space vessel? I didn't what? Okay, he just, says that. <laughs> it's just some guy, just some extra says that. And it just really made me laugh that like <laughs> he's heard on the radio or on the TV that there's a space vessel and he's just like really indignant about it. Like, well, oh, yeah, well what does. alien space <laughs> vessel? I've not seen it. But then he does look at his window and does say <laughs> And it's just like, yeah, you don't really get moments like that in, in most movies. No, you don't. Okay, my next one. Go on then. Great Caesar's Ghost. That's a line that's yeah, been in another couple of movies. Has it? Yeah. Okay. All oh, right. Here's one for you. This is when Katagiri wants to blow up the building where um, the tubby one, what's he called? I keep forgetting his name. Shinoda? Yeah. He's in there. You can't blow up that building. That's where Shinoda is. And he says, looks like I'm going to have to send more flowers. Yeah. <laughs> that is so, so action movie, that line. <laughs> I'm trying to remember what it was in the Japanese one. Oh, I don't know. I, I don't think watch. he says anything. Oh. No, does he? He, well, he, might, he, he, he says something because they dubbed it. Nothing that funny. Well, it certainly made me laugh. And then the other line was when Yuki was being dragged away saying it's the scoop of the century maybe <laughs> gave me a laugh that's just the kind of thing you say exactly that's why I thought it was funny <laughs> <laughs> well, here's my last one then go on then what have I said two already no this is my last you one t- you said two yeah so at the very end of the movie this is this is maybe better than the whole like Godzilla climbing inside Augur right uh, Shinoda's trying to justify Godzilla's behaviour somehow I think I know where you're going with he's this he's like why does Godzilla protect us? His daughter asks him, like, why does Godzilla protect us? And he's like, oh, Godzilla is inside each one of us. And then it just cuts to Godzilla just doing, like, a 360 blowing up massive parts of Tokyo. And it's like, I don't know if he's so affectionate to humans or not, really. It's just a really weird juxtaposition. I knew that would be it. The movie just ends. I knew that would be it, because... (laughs) That's only the American one. Oh right! He doesn't. They don't say about him protecting. It doesn't us. make any sense. Not at all. Because I think with the with the Japanese one, the whole point of Godzilla in this one, not so much that he's a protector, mm. just that again, like I've said before, that kind of like symbol of guilt and man's evil, essentially. Yeah. So he's this beast doing his beastly thing, and that's it. And you all have to fucking deal with it. That's probably a better way. Of and that, that was, and that's how it. We kind have of to ends. deal with our problems. Yes. We can't ignore this. But then. We I think maybe we should stop tainting, not tainting. We should stop um, taunting yeah. Godzilla. So I wonder if the US one, uh, they wanted to kind of you know make up for some of the guilt of ruining Godzilla's name with the '98 movie. So they're kind of calling back to that whole idea of Godzilla being a protector, and that's that's why they said it. I'm shaking my head, Ben. I know I can see you shaking. Your head. This is what it is, and I know I've defended the 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 Western dub before. I still think it's fine, but I think that in terms of American movies. They don't like you leaving the cinema with a bad feeling. And if you end the film by saying, basically, Godzilla represents mm. our problems that we can't get rid of, so we better just deal with them. Yeah, That's basically like saying, you've got problems in life and they're not going away. Whereas in the American version, they're just like, Godzilla's in, inside each one of us. Yeah. Um, well, they do say that, actually, being inside everyone. Okay, fair enough. But the whole part about protecting was... Uh... 
was added. For Maybe the US we're just one. splitting hairs then. But I, I, way, I think you're right though. It's to give a more positive message at the end. Of I it, think that might so. be that might be. Then if there's something to it, that might be it. I, I think you're on something there. Either way, they tell, they they talk about Godzilla like he's some sort of hero figure, which I guess he kind of is. But then he's just, then yeah, he's just like blowing destroying. up. People are dying over there. <laughs> Speaking of people dying, yes, Katagiri's death. Great, <laughs> loved it. Like actually about him, I th- I thought it was great. I think it was it was a good uh, representation of the fragile male ego. Oh, like, he would rather die than admit he's wrong about something. Yeah, you're right. Then. And it was just it was really something. <laughs> but I would have rather they do it in a way where he's more stubborn because he's he was he punched Shinoda away from him. But he's no he's knowledgeable that he's about to die. Mm. Rather than standing up to Godzilla in pure blind arrogance he knows he's basically committing suicide at this point yeah um and it just was yeah there's could be like a little poignant scene in there about the male condition but actually it just turns out to be a really silly and hilarious death it was very which everybody else somehow survives godzilla just broke that specific part of that building and they just happened to avoid it yeah but godzilla's their friend isn't he he's 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 the protector (laughs) (laughs) he didn't want to blow up that building um yeah i I liked that. That was some level of character development for him. That, you know, he knew he was a dick and he knew he was wrong. And he's like, I'll just accept this. Yeah. So. That was one arc that did get finished. Yeah. I mean, Shinoda was proven right. Good. Um, the y- ragtag team. Yeah. Yuki sort of had a heroic moment where she went back to the building to help Shinoda, putting his daughter in danger. I guess she could. Yeah. Uh, that, that. That's what got me. It's like, brought her into the building. What are you doing? Her heroic moment could have been to save his daughter, but instead she does a heroic moment where she goes to save Shinoda and takes the daughter, so it's a bit muddled. I already yeah. said I didn't like this. <laughs> the movie ends and it's fine, is basically <laughs> what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So, your overall impression? Overall, as the kind of start of a new kind of era of Godzilla, I think it's really, really strong. It hasn't aged well in every way. You know, some of the effects do look dated and some of the character tropes are perhaps not what you would see now. But it's a really enjoyable movie and I think especially if you were trying to get a friend into the series, like, oh, you know, this is a good endpoint to say, you know, it's got enough action and then, you know, it's not too kind of silly, but it's silly enough that you'll get the message of what Godzilla is, is like on the whole. Yeah. It's a good entry point. It's a really good first Godzilla movie if you want to kind of like watch it with some friends who aren't familiar with the that, series. That was exactly what I was going to say. Right. So like, Often I'll try and look at these movies as if a newcomer was coming to it. Mm. Is this is this a good jumping in point? And I agree, this is a this is a good one. Like, it's a very focused effort. I'm glad they didn't try to just remake 1998 to be like, no, this is how you do it. They actually did a new movie. Yeah, it's his own film. Yeah. I think the point you made earlier about you know is Augur a response to the American Godzilla? And I think almost certainly yes. Yeah, that's a definite subtext to that to that fight scene. Yeah. So. Um, so. For a bit of fun, we've got a quiz coming up. Oh my god, I'm not even prepared for this. I know, so get ready. Okay. I've got, I've got four questions for you. I'm going to find out how true a fan I am. <laughs> so, the first one, what was the budget for this movie? Was it 8 million, 18 million, or 80 million? I think it was 18. No, 8 million. 8? I so, knew there was an 8 in there. Yeah. Because <laughs> they were in your answers. And uh, I think that showed in some of the effects. Um... it's hard to go back to this one but I would like to think that it maybe looked a little bit nicer back in the 90s you might have been a bit cunning to it I think it would have done yeah Yeah. I agree Um, now I I did I had to look this up because I was like where where were they in this movie 
I didn't know where they were. So I thought, okay, where where was he when he first appeared? Which prefecture was he in? Was it Tokyo, Osaka, or Hokkaido? Um, I think in the end of the movie they're in Tokyo, and they're in Shinjuku specifically because they mention it in the dialogue. And you and I have been there, so that was quite a nice little excitement for me. But, but in terms of the beginning of the movie, yeah, it's either. Tokyo, or what was the other one you said, the, the last one? Hokkaido. It's, okay, let's go Hokkaido. You're right! Yeah. Yes. Because it's just, it's got that kind of look to it. I've only yeah. seen photographs, but yeah. Yeah, okay. I wouldn't yeah. have known without those multiple choices, though. <laughs> so, <laughs> it was a guess. Okay, third question. Okay. What was the US tagline for this movie? Was it, get ready to crumble, make way for a new regeneration, or putting the god back in Godzilla? It's going to be one of these first two. I bet it's Get Ready to Crumble. You're right. Yeah. I was really proud of my tagline, Make Way for a New Regeneration. It's, it's too specific. <sighs> yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I was proud of that. Rarely do you walk out of the cinema after a movie and look at the tagline and think, oh, no, it makes sense. No, it's like the... Regenerated um, It's like one. in Frasier with the title cards that come in. Like, what does this abstract sentence mean? Okay. As you watch it, it becomes apparent. I'm sure Frasier fans appreciate your reference then. <laughs> I hope so. Um, and final question. Right, there was a a planned sequel, okay. a US made planned sequel for this movie. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, going to be called Godzilla Reborn. Uh, I thought you missed out. Didn't see this. <laughs> yeah. uh, the kaiju that he was going to fight in that was it a volcanic bat, a forest dwelling spider, or an electrified giant eel? For some reason, I feel like I really know this. It was a volcanic bat right it was a volcanic bat i must have read something about this oh maybe because it, it rings a bell it was going to be called Miba, and apparently it looks like um a muto without legs i guess you could say it's a bit too similar to rodan in a way though yeah volcanic bat i mean he's yeah a volcanic bird yeah like i want like to a see it volcanic yeah thing. we kind of have yeah. it did i get all those questions right you got three out of four. Oh, that's not bad so very good very good i was worried that there were going to be two thousand questions <laughs> Okay, so uh, let's do the old, let's let's plug the socials. Okay. Where can where can they find you, Graham? If you liked this discussion, I have a YouTube channel called Fossil Arcade where I discuss and review retro video games. So if you want to look at video games of a certain era, retro ones that is, go to Fossil Arcade on YouTube and check it out. And I hope there'll be a uh, Godzilla GameCube game review at some point. You never know. Ooh. Um, as for me, you can follow my Twitter, which is at Ben M R Hall. You can see some of my artwork there. Listen to some of my music if you like bleeps and bloops. If you like the remix at the beginning, then you should check it out. Yes, it's good. Thank you, lovely. Thank you for that. <laughs> uh, and if you want to follow this podcast on Twitter, uh, go to Monster Island RP. That was the only handle I could get. I was too late to the game for this. Don't admit that. I know. <laughs> and uh, on Instagram, at Monster Island Radio. Make sure to tune in next time. Bye. Bye.